Welcome to another podcast from Planet Shakers Church. For details on campus locations and service times, check out planetshakers.com. Today we have Pastor Neil speaking on stewardship. Let's check it out. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. I was just reading through Jeremiah recently and uh, I've just been going through some of those Old Testament books, which aren't always easy, but I came across this passage in chapter 10 and verse 23 and it said, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. And I don't know about you, but in this year, I've been saying, God, would You give me fresh revelation, not just what I've always heard. And as I've been reading about this, probably the greatest challenge for me is to totally let go. You know, the Bible actually says that our purpose is to, to die to ourselves, to become more like Christ. And as easy as that is to say, man, that is hard to do. It's hard to come to a place where you die to yourself. There's a sense in all of us that in that sense of, uh, you know, the the tension of wanting to get ahead, the tension of wanting to do something great with our lives, if we're not careful, we actually take on what is not our job. God is in control. He has our steps ordered. And if we learn to actually touch base with Him, we'll step into what He has for our lives. So, you know, in the year of humility, you know, which really is getting to the place of a modest view of ourselves or a lower view of ourselves and a higher view of Him, that can be a difficult place to be. So today I wanna talk to you on the topic of stewardship. I wanna talk to you on the topic of stewardship. I thought I'd come up with some really cool name. Then I thought, well, stewardship's quite a good name because it's actually a biblical term and it's actually something that if we can understand stewardship, We're gonna resolve this tension between, yes, we should do all that God has purposed us to do, but also making sure that we're in His timing and in His purpose in everything that we do. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, and this takes another slant from where we were in Jeremiah. And this is talking specifically about our body, but it's a theme, it's a thread that is all the way through the Bible. And it says, Do you not realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to yourself. Turn to the person next to you and say, you do not belong to yourself because we can all say it, but now the question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you actually believe that? Because it's the source of all sorts of things. If you don't, pride, it's the source of I'm in control. It's the source of I'll make it work. I'll get it together. But if we can come to this point of revelation that you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, it says, so that you must honour God with your body, with your whole life. And as I started to read this, it started to challenge me. It's something that I've been working through over the year and it sounds like 101, but who knows that we have to come back to 101. I don't know if you heard it. One of my friends was talking to me this week and he said, you told me about this time Jake said this thing and you might've heard this before, but it so helped me when I realised that uh, T.D. Jake said, life is like going from zero to 10. You go from one to nine and then when you get to 11, it's just one again at a new level. And then when you get to 21, it's just one again at a new level. And it feels like our lives are just, you know, going in a circle where we're getting stronger, we're getting an increase, but actually we're just adding to the same revelation. 
And so here, you know, in this place, we need to understand what stewardship is. And I wanna help you with three revelations that I've discovered when it comes to this topic of stewardship. You saw the report on P&G, how good is God in what He's doing and the doors that He's opening, the things that are happening. I wanna tell you, Pastor Josh, did a phenomenal job preaching. First time he's ever preached outside of church like that. He's done some uh, crowds in South Africa when it comes to kids. and But it was his first time and he did an outstanding job. You know, uh, I think his night, uh, he only saw about 4,200 people make decisions for Christ. How good is that, eh? You know, his first time in that environment and... Uh, and that story of that lady, wow, that really moved me again, even as I saw it this morning, because uh, that's what it's all about. But you know, we also had a highlight on the last day, the, the Prime Minister of the nation. There's a whole heap of things happening in their country, but they've just had an election, the most stable election they've had in their history. And in fact, the opposition, the, the, the current party had more seats than any current party has ever had. So stability is an unusual thing in that region. And they now have a stable government for the next five years. Most of you know that the Prime Minister, uh, the Honourable James Maripay, he was actually on the screen, but we don't wanna make it all about him. But he came on the last night, he texted me in the morning and he said, would you be okay if I came tonight? And I said, well, you know, got a lot of other things going on. I'm not sure if we can squeeze you into the program. Um, but no, we'd been talking backwards and forwards. And he, he came, but he said, I don't really wanna come and get on the stage because that upsets the atmosphere. He said, I just wanna come and sit with you and watch the night. And sure enough, he came at 7.30 and he sat through the next two hours. Pastor Tim Hall preached a great message and, and we saw some great things happen that night. We did get him up on stage and honour him and prayed. And he turned to me in the middle of Tim's preaching actually. Sorry, Tim, I was talking while you're preaching. Don't do that when I'm preaching. And, uh, and, and, and he turned to me and he said, how did you plan this? And I said, what do you mean? He said, how did you get this date? Because we weren't even sure if all the election stuff was gonna be finished. And I said, well, it's Repentance Day and, and we felt that it was, you know, some of your guys told us that, but we felt we would get through. And he goes, I'm so glad. He said, I've never actually stood in front of such a large crowd. And he said, I feel like it's my inauguration that I'm here and you guys just prayed for me. And uh, so moved was he that he got the government to actually pay for all our team to go to a beautiful resort. We were going to a Chinese restaurant somewhere on the Sunday night to celebrate, but instead he sent us to this beautiful island resort and the whole team were honoured. And then he came and he spoke to them for 10 minutes about how his grandfather was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor and how that had fashioned a big part of how his life had become. Which some of that stuff I'd heard, but for the team, it was such a great privilege. But I'm saying that to say that P&G is a place that I don't go there with that sense of, this is my favourite place to go. I go there with a sense of cause and passion. I go there with a sense of burden that is upon me to do what God has asked me to do. And I wanna tell you, it's not always easy. I don't like the, the atmosphere, the weather is never what I like. The food is never what I like. The accommodation is never what I like. But since when's it ever been about what you like? Isn't it about what His purpose is and what He has planned for us? But the highlight for me actually was on the Sunday morning before we left and we went to church. 
church in Port Moresby had 476 people in church. Now, there were 95 of us, but still over 350 was by far the largest service we've ever had. The church only been going for one year in Port Moresby. And that day, I think we saw about 60 decisions for Christ and it was an incredible atmosphere. But I asked for some of you, remember there's a man by the name of Wayu who sat on the front row here and he's become a close part of our church. Whenever he's in Melbourne, this is his church home. Whenever he's in PNG, that's his church home. So we just keep planting all around the world where he is and he can make it his church home. But but Wayu was the guy that when I was saying, God, what am I gonna do? I booked a stadium and was 70,000 short. And I bumped into him in a restaurant in 2016. And he said, I'm so glad I saw you. And he pulled out of his wallet a cheque for $100,000. And that's where this whole journey of faith for me began. That sense of stepping out and doing what God's called you to do, stewardship, but actually continuing to trust in Him. He did the offering and he got up and he pulled out of his wallet, which would have worked in our context too, but in their context, it was a whole nother level, where he pulled out about 300 notes of 100 keener notes, so like $100 bills. And he got the two past, he basically got Thomas and his wife, Gaywa, to walk through the crowd and hand $100 to everybody in the crowd. And you could just feel in the atmosphere, like over there, I was like, mate, should we mob the pastors and get as much as we can before they give it out to everybody? Or There was just this sense of, wow. And you could feel in the atmosphere, it took some time as they walked around and they're giving all this stuff. And then while you at the offering brought them back and he stood them next to him, he said, how did you feel? And he made this statement after he talked to them. He said, how easy was it to give someone else's money away? And he said, if we could get that revelation as the church, we would understand that it all belongs to Him. So all we're doing is holding it for Him and at the right time, we're gonna give it away. And it suddenly hit me that sense of understanding. My first revelation is that it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Him. And if we can get that revelation, it makes it so much easier. Because you see, if you think you're giving it away, what am I gonna do? You're in His hands. So you just turn to Him and again, He gives you. And if you learn the life in which you live for the purposes of God, He keeps coming, He keeps giving. As we're sitting there, the team is telling me this time that, you know, look, it's good what's happening. And now on average per annum, it costs us around a million kina per annum, which is about, $400,000 per annum. And most of it, if not all of it, doesn't come from here. It comes from all over the place. And it's amazing how God just, but now I'm still the custodian. I'm still the guy that's gotta go, where's it gonna come from? And we're in PNG. And as we're talking about it, we're having lunch with some people talking about how can we do things better? Within an hour of having that conversation, somebody puts 300,000 kina into our bank account. And I had a few days of, oh, how's it gonna come and what's gonna happen? Couldn't I just learn that He's in control? Can't we just learn that He's gonna pay the bills? Can't we just learn that there's people out there, we don't have enough food, but we have a God who has enough food for every situation in our life. He's gonna come through for you, church. And if we're gonna be truly stewards, we've gotta understand it doesn't belong to us. Stop holding so tight, it doesn't belong to you. 
One of my favourite passages of Scripture is found in Matthew chapter 25. And it's really talking a lot about the tension of the fact that it doesn't belong to you and, and the fact that we've got a cause. And so there's always this tension of, I wanna do something great for God, but I wanna hold on to what I've got. I wanna do something great for God. I don't know if I've got the time to do that. I wanna do something great for God. We haven't got the budget right now. There's this tension that runs and here in this passage of Scripture, I wanna read it all in Matthew 25 and verse 14. Again, the Kingdom of Heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into proportion to their ability. Then he left on his trip. Can I just hold you there for a second? When you go on your trip, you literally don't think about what's back home, maybe for the first week. But after the second week, the third week, one of my friends has been on long service week for 12 weeks. He hasn't been answering his phone for five weeks. He said to me, he rung me on Friday, he said, hey, how are you? I said, oh, yeah, how are you? I thought you died. And he said, oh, sorry, my phone uh, doesn't get range in the apartment that we're staying in and we're leaving and I'm just in town right now. I thought I'd ring you. And I'm like, yeah, good for you. You know, I've got on with life and you have as well without me, obviously. But you see, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another and he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had trusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The Master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The Master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I just wanna pause for a second to show you that the five and the two, the Master used exactly the same language. So it wasn't about the mount. It wasn't about the, 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 the type. It was, I've given you a responsibility, something that is mine, I've handed over to you. You're a custodian, which is the true meaning of uh, understanding what stewardship is all about. You have been given something to look after it. But here's the problem. Many of us live with a mentality that we have a life to look after. Many of us live with a life that says, well, we're just supposed to get through. Sundays is our day off, so we just come to church. We just tick the box. But I want you to understand this story is not talking about maintenance. This, this story is, is a parable that Jesus is trying to talk to us about stewardship. When we're given a responsibility, we actually have to do something with it. 
We have to increase it, not just look after it. Church, this is part of where this tension comes. There's people that say, well, we're just here and we've just got to hang on and do what God calls us to do. No, this Scripture refutes that. It's actually saying that we have a responsibility if we've been stewarding, if we've been given something, then we've got to take what we've been given because there's coming a day where God actually used exactly the same words that are in this Scripture. What did you do with what I gave you? Well done, good and faithful servant. But it's saying here, well done, good and faithful servant in the context of, I gave you something and you increased it. Church, we need to understand. We don't come to church. You might come to Planet Shakes and feel like sometimes we have messages like push. We have messages that cause us to go, we gotta go beyond where we are. Why? Because that is the message of Jesus Christ. He didn't put us on earth just to exist. He didn't put us on earth just to survive. He didn't put us on earth just to have a good holiday. He put us on earth with a purpose and it's not whether it's five or it's two, but it is about increasing what He's given you. And so we read on here and it says, Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the Master replied, You wicked... I mean, this is harsh language in the Bible. If you read the Bible, it's rare that you see such harsh language like this. So there's a point that's been trying to be made here. You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away from them. Now throw this useless servant, I mean, this is the Bible, this is not me saying this, okay? Throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, this is actually talking about the judgment of God and it's actually using the same language that is talked about when we stand before God. Did I know you or didn't I know you? And actually what we need to recognise is we need to have a relationship with God, but with a relationship and with stewardship, Him actually saying, I'm gonna place you to become my sons and daughters, my servants on the earth. Now comes a responsibility that you've got to increase what you have. Hey, church, we don't like these conversations, but it's what the Bible is full of. It's that tension that we feel between a loving God and a God who has purposed us to do greatness on the earth. And we need to be those people. And if you're a planet shaker, you've got to understand you're going to have to wrestle with the wrestle between faithfulness versus fruitfulness. And many of us are celebrated as faithfulness as people who show up. We had this guy that used to come to our church as a kid. I won't tell you his name because if I did, some people might know him, but he's no longer alive, but he used to come to church. He never took the plastic off the back seat of his car because he decided that he was never gonna take anybody in the car because the car would be worth more value when it was a used car later if it still had beautiful seats on the back. He came to church and he sat about three quarters of the way back in a chair. And if you ever sat in his chair, you were dead. He was one, if you're one of those guys, move on folks, move on. And, uh, and he just had a certain chair and he had to sit in a certain place every service 
He went to our AGM. And if you ever remember a church AGM, anybody who's old enough here, you remember they were hell in themselves. But there was always one person who never said anything all year that took most of the time on the stage. He was that guy. But you know what I heard growing up as a kid? Well, he's a faithful brother. But we got a wrong perception of what faithfulness is. Because here, well done, good and faithful servant actually directly relates to you increased what you had from five and gave five more. You increased what you had from two. So faithfulness actually means fruitfulness in the economy of God. We need to recognise we can't just take up space. We can't just show up to church. We need to recognise that God wants us to be people like He has always been, a people of increase. You are those people and stewardship is taking what we've got and bringing increase to it. So the second revelation that I got is we must be fruitful. We must be fruitful. But if you're on the journey of saying, where do I start with this? Then the next revelation that I wanna give you is really where it begins. It's where it starts understanding who our God is. You know, what you've been given is actually a privilege and with privilege comes responsibility. Because when you travel to the third world, you suddenly get a stark revelation of what you have as opposed to what you don't have. When we're talking about community hubs, we're talking about power grids and we're doing a deal with the USAID at the moment and we're talking with them about building a power grid, not just for our community hub, but that would service a thousand people in that area. So when we open a community hub, first thing that happens is they know we're connected to the church. They know we're a part of God. We don't just open a hub that we go, look at our beautiful hub where 500 people can come and worship God and people can come and there could be medicine and there could be this, but we're also at the same same time going to say, and here's enough power for a thousand people. Well, it'll change their lives, will change their environments. But that for me is part of our mandate as the church. We don't just come and say, here we are. We come and we add to the landscape of everything we do. Because stewardship is taking what we've got and taking it a step further. We need to recognise that that compelling force in us, should I do something? Yes, yes. God created the earth and He gave every animal and every person and every plant the ability to reproduce and He gave them space. So what does that tell you? The foundation of the Word is that He positioned us to have space so that we could increase. Stewardship equals fruitfulness. You need to ask yourself that question. Am I fruitful? But it didn't start there. You know, right where we live, we look onto some trees. And I don't know about you, but there's, I actually quite love autumn. I know that we're pretty much in spring right now and we all know that spring means new generation, new things. The band can come actually. And, and, and the, 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 but autumn is the time when the, the leaf colour changes. And in Melbourne, it's beautiful. Um, to watch the leaf colour change. If you, if you go down St Kilda Road where all the trees are, start going all sorts of yellows and reds and, and, and you know that something is changing. It's a visible sign that we're in transition. Well, I wanna tell you that I believe that we are in transition. I believe that the reason we're being stirred, the reason we're being communicated to, the reason there's things haven't worked the way we planned because we're getting ready for something new. And I feel like we're about to come into something new. But what we tend to do as humans is we focus on what is new and fresh. 
because there's something that's exciting about what's new and fresh. Oh, thank God it's spring. They're saying now the house prices will go up, whether they will or they won't, I don't know. But people, you know, there's more auctions that happen at this time of year. There's more stuff that takes place. Suddenly they start having outdoor events and and everybody's excited. Yesterday I I got stuck in a 40 minute uh, traffic jam from this side of the city to that side. That hasn't happened for about three and a half years. I was quite excited about it. I was like, wow, there's action in the city. This is awesome. Give me two weeks and I'll be like, why so much traffic and what's going on? But right now I'm enjoying it. But can you see that, that, that in spring we all get it? But autumn is a time where the leaves start to change colour. And then the leaves actually fall to the ground. But before they fall to the ground, they actually die. Because actually the beauty is they're dying. What beauty is there in dying? I don't know if you've watched this week, whatever your persuasion is on the Queen, here's a woman who has been a powerful woman for so long and done such an incredible job. And for us as Christians, the fact that she is a strong, committed servant of the Lord and has been a whole life is just an added bonus in the whole scheme of it. But I want you to understand that when something has gone according to plan and dies, there's a celebration. It's not a bad thing. There's some, there's some, you know, there's some moments where we, we look back, but the reality is we're looking back with a sense of celebration. I watched every newscast, every persuasion of purpose, people that are for the monarchy, totally anti the monarchy, you know, sitting on their desk as a newsreader saying, what a great woman she was. I'm thinking, you hate the monarchy, but anyway, we'll take it, whatever is your issue at the moment. But there's that sense. Seasons are normal. Seasons take place in all of our lives. But there's something in the Spirit that we need to understand that something must first die and fall to the ground before something else can live. And at the right moment, the tree hasn't died, but the leaves have. The tree has to let go. It doesn't start with the new and the fresh. It starts in the autumn time when we go through a shift and we actually have to position ourselves to get rid of everything off those branches so that we can go into the next season with a sense of new life. I look out the window now and some of the some of my the trees have started to get little leaves shoots and some of them, and it's like wow this is awesome I was sitting out there preparing on Friday and I was just like it's so beautiful but for 3 or 4 months it looked really ugly but it was just preparation you may have had an ugly season something may have died but you know what our goal should be if something's died let it go It never belonged to you anyway, let it go. You need to understand that in an environment that's about fruit and increase, you've got to come to the place where you're prepared to say, I let it go. Letting it go is the start of God positioning you for what He has next in your life. Some of you have hung on to the last season. Some of you have become nervous and afraid because of things that have happened, things that are spoken of interest rates and cost of living. and But you know what? We've been through recessions before and He's still on the throne. 
some of the greatest days of the church were when the society was at its worst. God came to the fore. You know why people come from our feeding centres into church? We've been asking them, hey, if you want to, there's a church next door. We don't compel people. It's not our primary. We want to make sure they're looked after. But suddenly people are coming by the droves to church. Why? Because they need God. And sometimes when you're in a dark place, you need a God. But imagine if there's a group of people like you and I that have a revelation of stewardship and we understand that it's not just that we need a God, we understand our God and therefore it all belongs to Him and He's given it to us so that we would be fruitful. All I gotta do is let it go. Stop holding on, let it go. Everything in me goes, oh, P&G. It's growing too fast. The Prime Minister's asking me to do things now. This, but oh, I just want to go on a holiday. It's like every day I have that thought. But my life is not my own. I don't live it just to get by, I live it to be fruitful. And I'm gonna grab myself by myself sometimes and say, come on, I'm gonna step into who I am in God. But it always requires letting go of something. So I want you all to stand to your feet in this room. We're stewards. Be given a responsibility, something to look after, a purpose, a dream. Maybe something's died in you. Maybe it didn't work the way it was supposed to. I say this with respect, so don't take it personally. Well, if you need to take it personally, get closer to Jesus, take it personally. Get over it. Let it go. Come on. We We don't have enough time for this. Right down the road, we've got 1,500 people that are desperately need food. We need an army of people to rise up with God's solution in their hands. We need people that are gonna rise and be involved in what we do in, in planting church. We need people who are gonna rise up and say, I'm gonna take an Urban Life group. Oh, I've been having a break. Get over the break. Get running an Urban Life. Put into someone else's lives. We've got a youth camp coming up, nearly sold out. We've got a university camp. I tell you, the university part has been hit the hardest in this season. But I just found out more international students arrived in Australian shores in August than ever in history. So we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. I tell you, we're coming in to a springtime. We're coming into a time where God is about to do, but you've got to let go of something. Where does it begin? Let go. Let go. So I want you just to close your eyes. I actually don't even feel that I need to give you much time because I understand Holy Spirit is here. Some of the things that have become sacrosanct, some of the things you've learned to depend on, even as a leader in the church, maybe. Let go. But that's the way it's done. Let go. God's got a greater plan. Would I ever be running an evangelistic nation-changing organisation in a third world country 20 years ago, not a chance. I still think, what am I doing? If you know my personal profile, that doesn't fit. But since when's it about me? I do have mercy, but mercy isn't my strongest gift. Now I'm running the, the mercy arm of our church to the whole of the state. And you've got somebody, God, who's not that merciful. What are you doing? He's in control. He knows what He's doing. All you gotta do is let go. And then He uses you as you were purposed to be used. 
Some of you feel frustrated. Some of you feel blocked. Some of you feel like it's, it's not stepping into what God has for you. We're coming into spring. All you gotta do is let go. All you gotta do is let go. Because I tell you, when you let go and you recognise it all belongs to Him, suddenly fruitfulness is about to come. Those leaves always grow back on those trees. They always come back better and bigger and more coverage. And He wants that for you. Hey, it's been so great that you've been able to join us today. I hope that your faith is filled. If you have any prayer requests or you want to connect with us any further at Planet Shakers, why don't you be a part?